to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. Most people feel burned out right about now. In fact, a recent Gallup survey of 7,500 full-time employees found that 86% of people say that they feel burned out at least some of the time. And burnout leads to a long list of physical and mental health issues if it's left unchecked. Fortunately, there are things you can do to manage and prevent burnout. Here to talk about burnout and managing mental health is Kelly Slater, the greatest professional surfer of all time. He's been the World Surf League champion 11 times, and he holds 56 championship tour victories. He's the oldest surfer in the World Surf League at the age of 51, and he's still winning championships. He won his eighth Billabong Pipeline Masters title at the age of 49. And as you'll hear in this episode, he's headed to the Olympics too. Kelly started surfing when he was five. By age 10, though, he was already winning titles. So I wanted to know how he stayed so passionate about surfing for more than 45 years without burning out. We see so many other people who, after just a few years of doing something they love, walk away because it's no longer fun anymore. This seems to be especially true when people turn their passion into a competition or when they try to earn more money by doing something they love. Sometimes it just isn't fun anymore. So today, Kelly talks about how he manages his mental health and he explains how he stayed passionate and competitive without burning out. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for the therapist take. It's the part of the show where I'll give you my take on Kelly's mental strength building strategies, and I'll share how you can apply them to your own life. So here's Kelly Slater on how to stay passionate without burning out. Kelly Slater, welcome to the Very Well Mind podcast. Thank you. So we uh, podcast from a boat in the ocean, but you're the first surfer that we've had to come on the show. So we're excited to talk to you today. Interesting. You're, you're actually you're on a boat now? I am. I am. We podcast from a boat. Uh, so I heard something, and I can't wait for you to tell me if it's true, that you are interested in being in the 2024 Olympics? Yes. Good for you. So now I also know with Tom Brady's recent retirement, people must be asking, like, Kelly, aren't you thinking about retiring anytime soon? Uh, yeah, they're doing the same thing when he retired last year. <laughs> exactly. How about for you? Do you think about <laughs> retirement or are you going to surf forever? There's a small part of in, my, in the back of my brain that makes me think that maybe I convinced Tom to go one more year, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think he's going to do it. I put a post up when he announced his retirement. And I was like, come on, man, you know, you still got it in you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I think about retirement a lot, actually, at this point. I have had some injuries. My life's gotten a lot more busy with work and other things. My daughter just got married. Um, you know, life just evolves. And um, surfing isn't the number one thing all the time. So um, I, mean, I mean, it is as my pleasure. But as far as like competing and being completely, totally on top of my, my, uh, best level, my equipment, my, my mindset for competing. Um, that's, it's, I've struggled a bit the last couple of years to have the same desires that I had when I was younger and that's okay. Cause that's just how things go. How have you not burned out from surfing after doing it for so long? I probably kind of have, 
Um, competitively, I have. I, I, I know I have competitively. I, I, it's all I wanted to do when I was younger. It was my way to kind of stamp my place in the world, I guess. But um, I just, I, at the end of the day, I love surfing more than anything else. So it's not that hard to go and get paid for it. So. <laughs> I happen to be a therapist. And as a therapist, I know that we use surfing a lot of times for mental health issues. Like there's tons of studies that show surfing is good for PTSD, for depression. There's surf camps and surf therapy going on in the world. But I'm curious, when you compete, when you turn surfing into a competitive sport, what does that do to your mental health? I don't know, because I did that when I was eight years old <laughs> and I haven't stopped. <laughs> but it does create a stress. I, I There are times when I have separation from it. And then uh, I start to compete. And I, I realized that a lot of the tra sort of trappings that come along with using the thing for, I don't know, I mean, there, there's, as a career, you, you turn something that you love to just do as a hobby as a kid into work. And that it's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, it messes with your mind a little bit, I guess, because the thing that gives you an outlet uh, as a child, that's for, for me, it gave me a, a real outlet to get away from people and be on my own and make my own decisions and, and, um, f figure out who I was and how my mind worked, all those kind of things and just time alone out in the water. And then it turns into a job. And then, you know, eventually I became world champion and fame and money and all those kind of things come with it. And it's, um, it is a little bit tricky to navigate at times because you, 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 don't know where you begin and end somewhere in there. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. How does fame factor into all of this? Because um, I mean, clearly you're all over the tabloids, even all these years later, like everybody still talks about Kelly Slater. How's that affected your life? And you, I guess, again, you probably don't know anything different because you've been famous since you started competing as a kid. Yeah. I mean, some of those things are are or have been annoying in my life. Some things, I don't know. I mean, I always felt like if something came from surfing, from my surfing and my success in surfing, that it was, it was something positive and good. Um, anything else that's been, would, uh, would be from personal stuff that can be kind of annoying, but you know, it's also been part of the fun and the excitement of life, I guess. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very strange to, see yourself in a tabloid magazine, um, no matter what. I can imagine. How have you stayed mentally healthy throughout all of it? Have you evaluated me? <laughs> We're going on the assumption that you have some degree of mental health. <laughs> um, well, you need to recognize, I, I think everyone needs to recognize they need some help with things. And that's a healthy thing to do. Um, my girlfriend and I go to therapy. Um, I do things very specifically that help me separate from my normal life and uh, try to help me get a perspective that's healthier or help with things that I, look, everyone's got issues in life, uh, family stuff and work stuff and, and um, anxiety and blah, blah, blah. So you got, you have to find some kind of outlet that works for you. Um, you know, some of those are healthy and some are unhealthy. I think surfing has been that for me. Um, but then that's where it gets tricky because th that thing that's helped me has also become a, a job. You, you actually mentioned surfing with, with regards to PTSD. I met a guy who had been to, uh, he had done 11 tours of Afghanistan and Iraq. 
and he was very affected. And um, he's an Australian military guy. And uh, he told me that without his prescriptions, uh, prescription drugs uh, to keep his brain in certain working order and surfing, that he wouldn't be alive today. And, and he said surfing was really the big part of that that's helped him enjoy his life and separate uh, the, the difficult things that are stuck in there, you know? That's amazing. And, you know, surfing's kind of the trifecta. We have like nature, physical activity, being outside, doing something that you can do as, a, as an individual. Yep. All of the things that we usually say are good for mental health. But I'm glad you talked a little bit about what it's like then to turn that into then competing and figuring out how do you make a living off of this and the pressure and the risk of burnout and all of those other things that probably come with it. Yeah, there's definitely a part of me that I, I, we, we just did this. We're doing this show that we've been kind of promoting called Make or Break. And in the show, in, in, the, in the one that they focus on me from last year, I win this event in Hawaii. And um, I do an interview afterwards. And people have asked me, a bunch of people have asked me, what did you mean by what you said there? And I said something about I've loved it and I've hated it. It's been everything all wrapped up into one. And so it's been all my dreams coming true. But at the same time, there's a lot of, there's a big part of it that I've resented in a lot of ways, you know, because there's things that come along with success that you don't like, that are painful, that um, confuse you. And um, so it was hard to give a context to, to what I said, but that's really kind of what I meant. Well, sometimes people assume or they have that saying, like, if you turn your passion into your business or you make an income on the things you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But I don't believe that. I think even when you love doing something, there's days it still feels like work, right? <laughs> it still feels like work, yeah. But um, I can think of a lot worse things to do. You know, the, the things people have to do for work. I mean, I have, I have two brothers that have to go work hard. You know, they, they have a different life than me. And um, one of them's working on boats. The other's doing construction. He's actually hurt his shoulder right now. So he can't work for like two months. And he's, I mean, the the anxiety and the stress that comes with that is, um, is really difficult. You know, I, 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 in a lot of ways, that's a lot more difficult than anything I have to deal with. Can I ask you about that too? What's that like to, uh, you grew up in a working class family and then you suddenly become this, this famous surfer and you have this completely different lifestyle than probably a lot of your friends and your family did. And it's different from what you knew growing up. What's that been like? Um, it's been awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I, as a kid, I used to read surf magazines. I fell in love with surfing at a very young age. I would look at surf magazines and just dream of going to Hawaii, of going to Australia, of surfing these different waves, of meeting my heroes and, um, you know, maybe competing alongside of them one day. I didn't think of that as a kid, but yeah, it eventually came to that. And, um, you know, I got to do all that and it's, it's been absolutely a dream. Um, met the most incredible people like all around the world. Um, been in contact with just the who's who around this earth and music and sports and all that stuff. And it's really been enjoyable to, to, you know, sort of dip your foot into all these different walks of life and, and cultures and, you know, have friends in Fiji or Tahiti or, um, Ireland or, uh, Japan, you know, you could just pick the phone up and call anyone around the world that you want to make contact with. Oh, I got a friend going there. And hey, you got to eat at this restaurant. You got to call this person. It's so fun for me 
that my life has really happened around the world and um, to be exposed to so many people. And uh, that that's probably the most special thing to me about it. Was that ever your dream or have you exceeded even sort of your wildest dreams of what you imagine life could be like? Um, it's probably exceeded it to a, a exponentially, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, because you're, 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 I guess you're, you're, I don't know, when you work towards something for decades, a lot of things just keep happening and, and it, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but I, I, I feel like um, I had this inner belief as a kid that all this great stuff could happen in my life. And I think a lot of it was because I wasn't, I don't know, our family wasn't super happy at home. And we, you know, my parents had a bad relationship and we had a lot of sort of toxic stuff in our environment. And, um, uh, you know, not as bad as some, worse than others. Um, and I think I got just caught up daydreaming about what life could be one day and went out and made that a reality for myself. And, um, I'm, I'm super pleased with how my life's been. Um, there, not everything's perfect, but that's part of the spiritual aspect of life. The, the lessons you need to learn, the things you need to go through in order to become evolved and, and uh, a better version of yourself. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't bring up negative things to complain more just to acknowledge that there's work to do and, you know, growth to happen. So would you say then some of the difficulties you experienced during childhood also helped you have that drive to become who you are today? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I, I think I was born into, uh, you know, when you get older and everyone wants to get mad at their parents about this or that. And, and I've definitely gone through that with both my parents. So the years, uh, my father passed away 20 years ago, but um, I, I've been through all that uh, as I grow, but you wouldn't be who you are without them, no matter what, and uh, you wouldn't exist. And and those lessons are things you need to you need to go through because they're not just for you; they're for your family, they're for humanity, they're for something bigger than yourself. And you don't know who you're going to get in touch with in this world and and change, you know. Um, so. It's it's good to always, no matter who you are, have some bigger picture of the world and and um, everything around you. And you do a lot of things for the planet and for outside of surfing too. I've seen you comment on things and working on charity things and educating people about the planet and doing things bigger than surfing too. Well, I'm I'm interested in those things, and I, I mean, no one should be. Uh, narcissistic enough to think they're the person that's going to change everything in the world. Um, and no one should also, uh, think so little of themselves that they can't. Um, so you should just have a healthy perspective that, Hey, maybe my support on this thing can be helpful. Maybe I'll learn something I can pass on to someone who could do something good with it. So as far as like social media goes, I, I think the great thing about it is just connecting people around the world and allowing people access to information of course, there's a, a, a really strong, heavy negative side to that and opinionated thing. And I think that's actually driving a lot of people crazy, including myself at times. Um, but um, the, the access to people, meeting, you know, the networking of people around the world to solve problems is all there to be had. Do you have any strategies that you use to stay healthy, even if you're using social media? Um. 
try to forget about it. Every, everything you see on there, no one's going to remember it uh, in two weeks at, at most if it's a huge, big problem. Um, but yeah, social media can be toxic. Uh, I mean, I've, been, I've had people wish me death on social media many times um, <laughs> for, for a comment or an opinion. Like literally, like I'll come find you, like kind of almost like scary stuff. Um, and and uh, I think those people probably don't even remember they did that. Right. So it's it's weird because there's this separation. You're not in front of the person. You know, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, they could just punch you in the face. Right. Um, you know, now there's a paper trail and it turns into this whole thing. It's like a legal battle. But at the same time, people can say whatever they want with no um, accountability behind that. Um, and so the face-to-face interactions with people are really what should build you up and make you who you are. And um, I, I think the social media thing, it's sad because you see a lot of kids struggling with it. There's a lot of bullying that goes on. I think there's a lot of stuff that you don't see unless you're really right in these little pockets of people. But I, I mean, I hear these stories of of kids being bullied in school by other people and then, you know, committing suicide. And it's just terrible just because this, um, like, just because people want to be mean. It's, um, life's, life's a struggle for everybody, um, in, in some capacity and, um, yeah, social media can make it harder, but like I said, it can make, can bring you great access to a lot of really wonderful things also. I believe that as well. Is there anything that you do on a daily basis to work on your mindset or to stay as mentally healthy as you can? Um, I mean, I try to do something active each day. I try to be, I mean, I surf a lot. I golf. I do jujitsu from time to time. I play guitar a lot. Um, I've been playing guitar for like 35 years or something. So I just kind of strum the guitar every day. I actually really like playing guitar right before I go to bed because it helps my mind just relax and just be right in the moment. And um, so we've got a siren going by. Um, and I focus on my diet. Um, I try to focus on my diet a lot and, and my intake. Uh, I, I have a sauna and a cold plunge about 10 feet away from where we're sitting right here. So I try to do that almost every single day. It's a great way to start the day. In fact, a couple of nights ago, I did the cold plunge and my girlfriend came out and I was shaking violently. I, I, I think I had it set. It, I don't know. It wasn't like the freezing, freezing ice. I had it like at 49 or 48 degrees, but I went as long as I could until my body was just shaking uncontrollably. And she's like, well, is that, is that okay for you? I'm like, yeah, I think it's actually good because your body's ready. <laughs> You, you, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a controlled stressor on your body. So I, I try to do things that make me slightly uncomfortable. I mean, I have a pretty cush life. Um, you know, I, my house is paid off and I get to travel and I get paid to do this stuff. So, um, it's, it's really easy to, um, get complacent and, um, get lazy. So I, I just constantly am trying to stimulate myself sort of mentally and physically and, and, um, and, and include things I like doing. Clearly it works for you because here you still are competing. Last question for you. What can we expect from the next season of Make or Break? I haven't watched it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. And I actually, I came across you years ago because I watched Riding Giants and became super interested in the fact that uh, surfers are out there doing this cool stuff. So what can we expect from season two of this show? It's really a behind the scenes. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you the other... I haven't watched all the shows. I've only literally watched my episode. Well, I was call it my episode because they really focused on me for the first or... Is it first or second episode? 
the first episode of Make or Break season two. It's basically like a documentary about um, the event at Pipeline last year, and um, uh, which I hadn't won the event in like eight years. I hadn't won an event in five years. And um, they they really did the behind the scenes with me. And um, it's just funny how the, they they pick a, a, a group of people at each event to start focusing on and filming on in, in Make or Break, um, the box to box guys. And um, and then some story starts, some storyline line starts happening. And um, and it was really just wild how much footage they had of me behind the scenes and with my friends and, and all the stuff we're doing. And then everything fell on the line. Like I, I, there's this one moment in the contest where I should have lost. Um, uh, and, and just in the last moment I ended up winning and that was about, it was just in the third or fourth round of the contest. Um, and that was really the thing that kind of springboarded me into, um, just getting in the flow for this event and, and ultimately winning it. But, um, I, I was going through a lot of stuff in my own mind that gets in the way when you don't win for a long time, you know, I spent a lot of years winning on average, every fourth event that I surfed for 30 years, basically. Um, and then I didn't win a contest for five years, a couple of years I had off for injury and, and stuff, but still it starts to creep in your mind. I don't know if I can do this. And, um, uh, just like the opposite when you're young and you start to win, when you start to get on tour and you start winning some events, like you see some of the young guys now, Jack Robinson, Gabe Medina, John, John, Philippe Toledo, um, Griffin Colapinto, all these kids coming up. Um, once they start winning a few heats and beating the guys that they thought maybe they couldn't beat at some point when they were younger, the confidence just gets there. You don't question it. And so there's a, there's a lifetime, there's a lifeline for, for all things. And, um, and, uh, so I was getting to this point where I didn't know whether I could win again. And, um, I knew I could on paper, I knew I could, but, uh, inside you go through your own struggles throughout an event. And, um, and you have doubts. And even when it, like, even when it was seconds from happening, I was like, I can't believe this is real. Um, and so the, the feeling was really, for me, it was really pure and, and, uh, magical. Like when I was a kid again, and, um, uh, as far as the other episodes throughout the year, I haven't watched them all, so I couldn't tell you, but, you know, Philippe Toledo had a, an amazing year last year. He was definitely the surf standout surfer of the year and he won his first world title. And I'm sure they're going to in depth to cover that. And, um, each, each individual event, somebody's going through something good and bad. And it's just interesting to see all those stories that you, even if you're not a fan of the sport, even if you don't surf, um, there's a lot of people who've been kind of sucked into formula one through what box to box has done. And, um, and now they're getting into the golf as well. And I think it's the individual stories that are compelling for people to learn about. And I think through each of those, if they're told right, you learn about yourself. Absolutely. I think we can always take away stuff from other people's mindset and learning how do they overcome adversity, tackle challenges and get through tough times. Yeah. Kelly Slater, thank you so much for being on the Very Well Mind podcast. Welcome to The Therapist Take. This is the part of the episode where I'll give you my take on Kelly's strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. Here are three of my favorite strategies Kelly discussed. Number one, find something that helps you relax that doesn't involve your passion. Sometimes high performers tell me that they feel pressured to devote every second of their day to the one thing that they're passionate about. 
If they aren't actively engaged in their passion, they spend their time reading about it, thinking about it, and seeing what their competition is doing. And while it's cool to keep learning and growing and engaging in the thing that you love, you also need some helpful things to do that are outside of your passion. So I love that Kelly said he plays the guitar and he enjoys playing to help his mind relax before he goes to sleep. He's been playing the guitar for 35 years, but he doesn't play it for any other reason other than for his own enjoyment. No matter what your passion is, have some other things that you consistently love doing that have nothing to do with your passion so that you don't burn out. Number two, expose yourself to controlled stressors. You'd think that one of the greatest athletes in the world would say his body goes through enough stress and he has plenty of opportunities to challenge himself by surfing. But Kelly says he does cold water plunges as a way to stress his body in a controlled environment. Stepping into ice cold water and forcing yourself to stay there for longer than you want is a tangible way to remind yourself that you don't have to listen to your brain. If you've ever done a cold water plunge, you know that your brain will tell you to get out after about two seconds. It will tell you that you can't stand it one more second. And the trick is to stay there a little longer just to prove that you can do it. There's research that shows when you engage in a stressful condition in a controlled environment, you teach your body to manage stress better. There's also research that shows cold water plunges can improve your mental health and it can help you combat depression. When your body's exposed to stress, it releases stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. Purposely exposing yourself to stress in a controlled environment for a short period of time helps your body build resilience to stress. You might find ways to challenge yourself in another controlled way, whether it is a cold plunge or a hard sprint, just to give your brain and your body some practice dealing with stress. With practice, you can actually get better at handling stressful situations, whether that's a surf competition or you're trying to close a tough sales deal. Number three, accept that struggles and doubt are part of the process. Kelly said he's burned out from competing at times, but he's never been burned out from surfing. He was able to focus on why he loves to surf, not the fact of whether he's winning or losing in that moment. A lot of that likely has to do with his ability to accept that no matter how great he is, he's still going to struggle at times. And no matter how amazing his life is, he's still going to experience stressful times. It'd be really easy for someone like Kelly to say that he always feels completely confident. After all, he's an 11-time champion. And if there were a time when he experienced self-doubt, he could have easily said, okay, my surfing days are behind me. He might tell himself now that he's older, he's not going to be as good. But clearly that's not his style. Instead, he says he struggles and self-doubt are part of the normal process. Accepting that probably has a lot to do with his success. Studies on elite athletes show that the best ones respond to bad days or even slumps with acceptance. Athletes with a little self-doubt outperform their completely confident competitors all the time. And when the best athletes get into a slump, they don't overthink it. For example, a major league baseball player is going to get into a batting slump at some time or another. But the ones who start to panic or the ones who start telling themselves that they're going to be let go from the team actually stay in the slump much longer than the ones who just accept, okay, there are going to be highs and lows, and this is part of the process. So I love that Kelly just accepts there are struggles on the water and in life, and that doubt can be part of the process. Kelly said he sees a therapist to deal with life struggles too. And I'm so glad that he said this because sometimes people have unrealistic expectations that life will be easy if they just lived their dream, made a lot of money, or got famous. While I'm sure all of those things are really nice, everyone 
including Kelly Slater, still has struggles. I'm glad he's not afraid to ask for help and that he acknowledges that he sees a therapist regularly. So those are three of Kelly's strategies that I highly recommend. To avoid burnout, find something that helps you relax that doesn't involve your passion, expose yourself to stress in a controlled environment, and accept that struggles and doubt are part of the process. To learn more about Kelly's life as a surfer, check out Make or Break on Apple TV+. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.